Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. It is absolutely crazy to me that we just released episode 263 of the podcast. I think that if my calculations are right, this is going to be episode 264 of the podcast. When I started this way back in 2019, um, I think my first episode came out in August of 2019, If you would have told me that I would be living the life and having the amazingness that I have now with 263 episodes of the show recorded, I would have told you that you were crazy. The benefits of this podcast have been so overwhelming and a lot of the benefits have come from all of the amazing guests that I've been able to interview. You guys hear me every single time that I start a guest. I'm super excited for having this guest on. And the reality that it is that I am, I am so excited to talk to every single person that comes on my show. It's a moment that I get to have with them as a person. And where else do you really get to spend 60 minutes with somebody in the bubble of what is podcasting. And now that I live stream them, sometimes we get some really cool interaction from the audience as well. What I wanted to do for this episode today is I wanted to go back through some of my absolute favorite podcasts and some of maybe favorites, the wrong word, because they're all my favorite, but some of the most memorable that I've had and that really have this special place in my heart. So I'm actually just moving, I'm moving backwards from most recent. I know that the farther back that I get the, like every, every single guest that I've had on this podcast has impacted me in one way or another. And it's almost always been positive. So I know that I could seriously say something about every single guest that's been on here, but there are some, as I scroll through the guests that just pop out as really being some of my favorite moments. One of the ones that really pop out to me is episode 247. And that was with Dr. Fred Moss. Fred Moss and I really connected over the fact that he was a full on psychologist that moved into telemedicine. And we talked so much about the labels that people put on themselves that causes them to believe that something's wrong with them. And then that need for reassurance that something's wrong with them and how sometimes doctors become these confirmers 
rather than actual diagnosers. And think about how many times this may have happened to you in your life where you have an opinion of something and you are having conversations with somebody looking for a confirmation of that opinion. And when somebody doesn't necessarily give you what you want, then you go to somebody else. I know my bar complaint was just like this. When I got my bar complaint and I knew it was total bullshit, to me, the world was ending. And I wanted to find attorneys that would also tell me that the sky was falling. And I couldn't, I couldn't find them because every attorney that I would talk to would say, Oh, you got a bar complaint. You're a real attorney now. Cause the reality is that it's just part of our world. You'll talk to business owners that'll say you're not a real business owner until you've been sued. Well, when you get in those situations, it feels like your deepest, darkest moment. And you want somebody to reaffirm that, life sucks. And then when you connect with people and all they tell you is it's going to be okay, you want to connect with somebody else that's going to share in your misery. Well, how often do we do that with doctors and with psychologists where we just want somebody to confirm that there's something wrong with us? So Fred and I really dug in and talked about what that looked like from a business and entrepreneurial standpoint and how we could get away from that need to have people validate what we think is wrong with us or sometimes what we think is right with us. So that was a lot of fun. There's a ton of discomfort here. There's a ton of discomfort that we all get to deal with. Each and every one of us have had experience of maximum discomfort. It's some version in our life, some portion of our life. And I think when you start looking at just resetting and being with people, uh, let's. I, I think I would want to listen again to the exact precise nature of your question. But when we start really looking at what it's like to uh, reset with another, we can open up and think from zero. You know, we can start from zero and be curious. Like if I was that person, I would be thinking exactly as they are. You know, something like that. And yeah it allows for peace. It allows at least for the possibility, even if the guy says something that's completely adversarial or totally different than anything I could think would be possibly worth listening to. <laughs> um, I, is there's something about, wow, isn't that interesting that I'm about to dismiss this dude because he just said something that I decided was dismissible. Yes. And, you know, we talk all the time, especially in the business owner and entrepreneurial space, we talk about how do you reach these bigger goals that you have? And the answer to that in a nutshell, although there's many, is allow your, allow your perceptions to expand to the point where what you want is possible and reachable. Well, how do you do that? You quit dismissing people who mm -hmm. say things that are different from what you think. And it mm -hmm. all goes back to this ability to be human. Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. I think the reason that these podcasts that we do are so successful is because the people who listen want validation that those feelings of inadequacy that they have are not just theirs, that mm -hmm. other oh, people yeah. have them as well. I know when I listen to podcasts and somebody says something and it's like, you feel it to your core. You're like, man, I know what that feels like. And I'm glad I'm not alone. Telehealth back in the day, when there was a choice of actually going to someone's office or being a telehealth provider, the initial boost of what telehealth was, especially in psychiatry, was extraordinary. I mean, all of a sudden, if you needed help from a, you know, from a psychiatrist who was well fit to handle whatever problem you were dealing with, 
all you had to do was just, you know, just like D like DM them and ask them to come on as a consult. And all of a sudden you've got the perfect doctor talking to you about your patient, even though they're 3000 miles away. And, um, you know, telehealth, uh, uh, as now everybody is pretty proficient these days, you know, given the circumstances, everyone's pretty proficient. Like you, you and I are doing right here. No one is shocked or uh, disturbed about coming online to actually have communications. But back in the day, it became my preferred way to do um, to do any kind of psychiatric interventions. I used to tell people that if I would be given an opportunity to be in the same room with someone or put somebody else in the next room on a computer, I would absolutely put somebody else in the next room on a computer. Because all that happens is there's something called disinhibition and people start speaking their absolute mm. truth. They feel safe. They don't feel weird about being in the same room. And also when you're looking at a computer, you're not now these days we're changing a little bit, but you're not obvious. It's not obvious that people can see you as well as they can. Yeah. You feel like you're just talking to that person and they can't see every single blemish or every single blink or every single twist and turn. But um, so people are really all the garden gets dropped. And in, I can do work with like new patients when I was uh, when I was practicing psychiatry new patients, I could do three months worth of work in one visit with, with no problem because we would just be off and running sort of like me and you are now, let's face it, we're 13 minutes in or something like that. And yeah, we've already explored massive amounts of things that would not have occurred had you and I been in the same office. No way. If you create a space for really radical listening for what other persons or other people are saying, a massive amount of magical progress can be made uh, inside telehealth that simply, I just have to say, you know, if Freud would have known about telehealth, his, his, uh, his uh, volumes would have been entirely different. You know, this is such an amazing conversation because I was just having this with somebody two hours ago. We were talking about communication for podcasters. And I said, it'd be so amazing. Like, think about all of the information that we could get out from individual resources that aren't coming out in podcasts because people haven't learned exactly what you just said, mm -hmm. how to read whether or not they're actually getting their point across, how mm -hmm. to pay attention to what somebody's leaning into and what they're pulling away from. The next one that really screams with me is episode 224 with Michael Coles. Man, I could talk about how amazing Michael Coles is all day long. We really dug in to his story from clothing to the founder of the Great American Cookie Company to getting out of your comfort zone and being able to set world records in riding a pedal bike from Georgia, from Atlanta, Georgia, all the way to San Diego. We talked so much about what's necessary in how you deal with your customers and how you separate yourself from the pack by being authentic and true to who you are. He is somebody, he has a book called Time to Get Tough, and he goes really deep into the business book that doesn't sound like a business book. And honestly, when I give people my top five books that I think that they absolutely need to read, Michael Cole's Time to Get Tough is on it. So that was episode 224. And we had an absolutely amazing time on that episode as well. My dad, who always thought he would uh, recover, continued. We moved to an apartment. We had all our stuff around. It didn't really feel that different. 
Uh, but by the time I was almost 13, um, my dad, who thought he would always recover, had continued living a lifestyle that was above his means. His wages were being so garnished that he was barely bringing home a paycheck. And so in the middle of the night, after they had basically sold everything we had, we moved to Florida, which was a debtor's state. And uh, so you couldn't get your wages garnished. And uh, when we got there, you know, we had been living in a nice three bedroom, you know, apartment. I was sharing room with my brother. Uh, we moved into a less than 300 square foot apartment, one bedroom. My parents slept on a porch. Uh, I had a share room with my sister. Uh, it was a disgusting place in Miami wow. with the heat of Miami, no air conditioning. And, and literally I woke up in the morning and now I knew what bankruptcy meant. Unfortunately, you know, Colin Powell passed away this week and I was very fortunate uh, in 2004 uh, to have dinner with him. Um, literally, I mean, there were six people at dinner and I was sitting right next to him. And when he got up to do his talk, it was a very big group. But when he got up to do his talk, I said, to, I, I, you know, I've been trying to think of something smart to say, you know, throughout dinner and everything sounded stupid. <laughs> so, but then I finally realized I was going to lose this opportunity to ask him a question. And I, when he got up to go up on stage, I turned to him and I said, what do you think makes a great leader? And without hesitation, he turned to me and said, you know, you're a great leader when people will follow you, even if it's only out of curiosity. And, you know, I thought, I've thought a lot about that over the years since he said it. And I think that it took me a long time. When I say a long time, again, we're starting in 13, but it took me into my thirties to realize one, I didn't have to have all the answers. I didn't have to be the smartest guy in the room that I could surround myself with people who were better at specific areas of the business than I was. And my job was just to lead them to the vision that we had as a company. That was my job. And ultimately I got all the credit for that, you know, more credit than I probably deserved. But, you know, I think that's what leadership is. Leadership is, is one, allowing people to do their jobs and make sure that they know that they're appreciated and know that, um, you know, we're kind of all in it together. I also think that if I had met Irving Settler when I did, it's very possible because I had many friends that were in the industry, the clothing industry I was in. It was a wild time to be in the fashion clothing business. It was, you know, um, literally, you know, sex, drugs, and alcohol. I mean, it was crazy. Wow. And wow. Um, I lost three of my closest friends to drugs. Um, and, um, but I was again fortunate somebody stepped in, my wife Donna stepped in right around that time. And it just, you know, it completely changed my life. And so I've been very lucky. I look, I wrote my book, you know, Time to Get Tough, How Cookies, Coffee, and a Crash Led to Success in Business and Life. And there are four people who saved my life. And I know that without those four people, my life would be very different than it is today. Yeah, it's so interesting to look back on those people and those things and those experiences and know that they shaped the life that we have right now. And, and you're right. If you think about life being different, it's, it's not a matter of like better or worse, just different and, and life 
is so great right now and meaningful for you that different isn't appealing, I'm sure. Um, when let me, let me I'll say one thing, you know, I, yeah. I, did, I did a talk yesterday uh, in Atlanta and I got asked this question. I get this a lot. You know, um, some, someone they asked me if there was anything you could do differently, you know, would you go back and do it if you could do it? And my answer to that is always, as long as you can promise me that I'll be right where I am now, yes, there are things I would go back and change. But if you can't promise me that I'm gonna at least have what I have now, no, I don't wanna change anything. Yeah, and that's such a powerful answer because you know, we, we've all seen the, the butterfly effect movies, the whole sure. like frequency movies where you change that one thing in your life and then everything else changes. Um, that's supposed to teach us about the blessings and the hard times and all of that stuff. Um, but to say like, I am so satisfied with my life. I think that that's the goal for, for us as humans, right. To be in a place where we're, we're so satisfied with what we have that the idea of changing something and not having this, um, is not appealing right. to us. Episode 221 with Andrew Myers. I laughed so hard in this episode. And Andrew Myers went viral for um, being known as Mr. Wronghouse because he had a ring camera. Somebody tried to break into his house. He is a veteran. He's also got some grappling experience through MMA type style training. And he had been trying to go viral in his business for so long and he ended up going viral over this TikTok or I'm sorry, not TikTok. TikTok didn't exist at the time. This YouTube video from his ring camera of him taking out some intruder and he started using that for a nonprofit and a good cause. We talked so much about how every single moment is a moment where you try to go you try to be known for certain things. You never know what you're actually going to be known for. It could be the most obscure moment that you never really imagined that you weren't even trying for that ends up going viral. And this really is just humanity. You know, we want so much to connect with others. And so we put up these walls and say, how can I be perfect and connect with others when it is the imperfectness that causes that connection and that laughter and the um, ability to truly build relationships with people. So that was an amazing episode Well, as well, episode 221 with Andrew Meyer. I'll do one more on this. And then if you guys like hearing the um, flashbacks of what I remember from episodes, I'll do more of those. So just let me know whether this is something that you want more of. You said something earlier that makes me think that you came from um, a non-entrepreneurial background. Is that accurate? Um, like your mostly parents? Yes. Okay. I have so, one experience with it. My mom showed up at the babysitter and was like, I quit the bank and I own a cleaning business now and I'm going to clean houses <laughs> and I don't have a boss anymore. And I was just like, you can do that. You know? um, <laughs> and so I, I did, I got hit over the head like three times. I had a friend that started a business uh, when he was 16, filled it with car parts. So I had seen it. I'd gotten a glimpse of it, but it wasn't part of my community or my world. 
So how did this happen for you? Was there an influence outside of your family in your world that showed you what it could look like? Or did you stumble across it? Or what did that? Yeah. Well, I think what happens is in life, you normally have the ability, especially when you're young and you don't have your head full of a lot of other things. uh, You you go, hey, man, you know, my dad drank, so I'm never going to drink or I'm always going to drink. You kind of always learn, you know, you kind of learn from your parents in terms of I'm not going to do that or I'm going to do that. And with, whether it was my parents or my teachers or everyone around me, I just thought, I don't want their life. I don't want this. You know, I, I, I got to do something different. And so I was always kind of like looking for a way to, to es- literally like escape from Indiana and like have a different, broader life. But if you've never done that, if you've never traveled, if you've never met people that are in different situations, then you don't know. How, it, it's like telling yourself a fictional story about Narnia or something. It's like, does this exist? <laughs> are people doing this? I don't know. Door to door teaches you that perspective about business. Whereas everyone else I know that's tried to start their business, and I coach a lot of people, they're all about trying to cherry pick the three people in town who are their ideal client rather than just going and talking to the whole town where they're going to refine their pitch. They're going to find out what's good and bad about it. They're going to get better at selling. They're going to refine the way they talk about the product. Uh, and they're going to get lucky. They're going to bump into a few people who just buy because they're in the right spot at the right time. Um, so yeah, you should take your pride and your ability to give a great pitch every time while hearing no 90% of the time. And then you can literally start any business you want. You know, it's crazy because what you just said is pure gold to begin with, but what happens with those people who are constantly only looking for that target market is those people are never who they think they are. Right. And so they're reaching out to people and they realize that their problem doesn't, or their product doesn't solve the problem they think it solves. Their target market isn't who they think it is. And all of the real opportunities were over here in this zone that they completely wrote off because they thought that it was going to be too much work or too many no's. Exactly. The same actions taken from a different perspective will yield a different result. Yeah, I love that. And also on a different day, right? How many people hear no? And then they're like, well, that must be a no forever, right? And they just caught this person on a good day where they didn't think they needed your product or service, right? And so it's so crazy because for it, for me, um, I came from that place where in the last two years, I've done so much work to get that like dirty feeling of sales off of me, right? Like that feeling where you you go to talk to people and then you feel like you need a shower. And the moment that you realize that um, this idea of if I build it, people are going to show up. Like if I build it, they're going to come, right? It doesn't work and you have to get out there and talk to people. And the only way to do that is to be willing to hear no. And as soon as you understand that, like it changes the game. Yeah. And then also- and, and that, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Well, that no doesn't have to be, will you buy my product? No. Yeah. It could be, can I use your garage to store my product? Will you loan me $5,000 as an angel investor? Will you make the phone call and get me on the phone with that guy you know that would help my business? You know, it's asking for everything that would help your business and making somebody say no and not just going, they won't want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And then what I was going to say too, which I think is something that you hit on that um, I'm not sure if I highlighted enough, so I wanted to highlight again, is that um, those tools that you were talking about to be able to help people understand um, by you know asking them how many they want, getting that, that presumptive close, things to that effect, while those feel like such salesy tactics, it's that intention behind it that's like, hey, you're either going to take it or you're not. And I think one of the biggest things people need to learn and understand is that if we um, were capable of getting out of our own way to get the products that we need to live a better life, then we would have done it by now. Those yep. tools 
tools are those mindset tools that allow us to help kind of push people out of their own way because they're stuck for a reason and your product or service has the ability to get them unstuck. Um, the last one I'll talk about today is episode 196 with Matt Johnson. Matt Johnson is the author of a book called Microfamous. And this was such an amazing conversation for me and a, a topic for me that I had never dug into before. The idea of being microfamous. And I asked him, what does microfamous mean? And he told me that microfamous is being famous to the right people. There's famous famous, where everybody knows who you are and, you know, think celebrity style, right? But do you actually want that? Or do you want to be able to walk into a room of your ideal clients or customers or connections and be able to be known within that room? Now, with many of us being introverts, believe it or not, I'm an introvert. The introverted side just means that being with people wears you down, that when you recharge, you recharge alone rather than in a group of people. So, so many times as introverts, we are getting advice from people about how you got to send 900 messages a day on social media and you got to go to 47 conferences a year and you got to go to 927 networking events a year and pass out 1400 business cards. Well, as an introvert, that doesn't work for us. So how do we then take the energy that we have and put it to use within a business style that we want to be in? And this is so much what his micro famous book talks about. We had an absolute blast um, discussing all of those things. And again, that's episode 196 with Matt Johnson. I was having a conversation with somebody and they said, it's not about how many people you know, it's about how many people know you. Yeah. And I thought this was really a cool representation of that is being famous to the people who are going to help other people know you. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And, and when I think of... Um... You know, like if you want to make an impact on the world, it, it's not just about being like people knowing your name or even knowing your face. Like you've got to be known for something. And when you speak, people have to listen and take action. So that's why I'm so keyed in on influence, because if you want to make an impact on the world, when you speak, people got to actually take action. So, yeah, it's a combination of, yeah, you want to be famous. But ultimately, if you want to make an impact, you want to be famously influential, because when you speak, you want people to actually get their button gear and do something, uh, especially if you're coaching. I mean, if you're, if you've done any type of coaching and consulting for long, you know what it's like to pour your heart and soul into somebody and watch them go. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm gonna do this over here. <laughs> and yeah. then just screaming off in the other direction. If you're more drawn to Seth Godin, than you are to Gary Vee, like you're my person. You may not think of yourself as an introvert. We can talk about that in a second. But basically, if you're drawn to Seth Godin, if you like his content, you'll like the conversation we're going to have because it changes the goal of your marketing from the Gary V attention at all costs model to influence at all costs. And to me, like, like that's where the entire focus of my marketing is completely different. I do not focus on what gets the maximum number of eyeballs. I focus on the things that will build me real enduring influence for the next 10, 20, 30 years in, in the space that I run in. What is microfamous? <laughs> microfamous means uh, to be famously influential to the right people. And it's it's an introvert's dream, right? Like I, I don't need to be stopped in the grocery store for an autograph. God forbid. I just want to get in, get out and get my food and go home. Uh, but when I show up to an industry conference, I want everyone to know who I am. And to me, that's that's really what, especially like coaches and consultants, if you want to have an impact, work with ideal clients, you know, like just do 
do the things that make you feel good and like you're making an impact in the world. To me, it's way better to be micro famous than it would be to be Tony Robbins famous. I really don't want to live that life of, of constant motion. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, most of the people that I work with are the same way. Even a lot of the extroverts I work with are not big on social media. They appreciate Gary Vee, but they're not about to go spending all day taking 15 selfies on Instagram. So that's really where Microfamous came from, was working with those sorts of people and kind of being in the podcasting world, seeing a different way that things can be done and then just systematizing it. So anybody that's in the marketing field or business coaching field has been telling you, like, get a CRM, get an email list, get this off of social media. But now that social media has become so good at distracting, distracting you for the purposes of furthering their agenda for, you know, their advertisers and things to that effect, it's even more important. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's. I was just talking to this over the client the other day because he was he's he's an extrovert and he's on uh, Instagram and he's on TikTok and he's on YouTube and and he's looking at all these things and they're and of course he's got like a young assistant in her early twenties and they're looking well how do you tie tie all these things together. And I just ask him, how do they get in the email list? And of course, the, the assistant in, in the early 20s is that he's like, uh, well, we don't, you know, it's like, well, we're promoting TikTok on Instagram. I'm like, I don't care about any of that. How are they getting into the email list? And is the email list growing consistently? It's like, well, not really. You know, we don't have a really good way for them to get in the email list. I'm like, stop. Until you do that, don't worry about any of that other stuff because that, yeah, not only can it, can it disappear overnight and that's, that's a risk, but it's, that's not everybody. The, the real risk is that you just won't ever move anybody into a place where you can build a deeper relationship with them. You know, that that's what's so interesting about podcasting is podcasting is the place where people spend 30, 40, 60 minutes with you. They don't spend that much time with you anywhere else, even on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so Instagram, yeah, they may, they may see and interact with your post for 30 seconds as it flies by in their feed, but they, that's not any, anything compared to the interaction you want that will actually get you clients. So if you build your following and then you leave your following there and you focus all of your time there, best case scenarios, you're trying, you're trying to get them into the, the comment section to messaging to calls. And that's a hard, like, that's a hard thing for introverts to do. That doesn't come super natural to us like that's a very sales heavy activity so people that are good salespeople are good at that because all it is is just sales and online form so that absolutely works but for introverts it's tough and so if that's um if you leave your audience there on social media that's the best case scenario is you are your own unpaid unbonused sales rep I hope you guys have enjoyed kind of these recaps and it's been really fun for me going back and thinking about what I remembered from these episodes. If you want more content like this, please let me know. Also, if you have ideas of what you want to hear about or maybe who you want to hear from, go to successdevelopmentsolutions.com, grab my social media stuff and shoot me a message. Tell me what it is you want to hear on the show because I'm looking forward to being able to bring you that guest or that piece of information that you've been looking for. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that 
that sounds like something that you're interested in, the name of that Facebook group is Success Center. Head over there, request to join, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.